A very good morning to all of you today. Well, it's great to be here in the house of the Lord. Even so, we may be a smaller group today. I think we all are aware of what is happening in our nation as far as uh, the third wave of COVID is concerned. And unfortunately, this time we were also badly hit. You know, some of our members, some of our staff have been also affected. So let us pray for them who are down at the moment uh, that all, they may all recover uh, quickly and well. Uh, we thank God that we are in the hand of God and uh, even when such things happen, we know that he is keeping his hands upon our lives. Just to show to us that we are also part of this world, even so we are children of God, doesn't mean that we are exempted from the struggles and the, the difficulties that we are still facing in this world. But thank God we have somewhere where we can turn to. Well, today I want to take you into a subject that I entitled the truth denominator. You see, in the kingdom of God, there is one very, very important fact, and that's the fact that I call the truth denominator. In mathematics, a common denominator is a number which can be divided exactly by all denominators in a group of, 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 of fractions. You know, for instance, if you have uh, a pizza which has got six pieces, uh, the denominator is six, even if you're only eating one or two. Okay, so we can, you know, can look at some, some of these things. The denominator of any fraction can have, can never have the value of zero. If the denominator of a fraction is zero, the expression is not a legal fraction because its overall value is undefined. So there must always be a denominator. Okay, and we'll come back to what it means for us. So their values are all undefined if it's zero, and hence they have no meaning. Now, coming to a group of people, you know, um, a common denominator is a characteristic or an attitude that is shared by all members of a group or of a people. Now, for us as the kingdom of God, our denominator is the truth. And there is no compromise of the truth. And uh, I will endeavor to show you this morning, not by my own words, not by my own arguments, but by scripture, that really our common denominator in the kingdom of God is truth. In fact, if you check uh, the bulletin that you have been given this morning, uh, you will see that most of the scriptures are in red, which means these are sayings of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't have a, a, a bulletin, you can download it from our website, www.go.cdm. So we thank God that we can be able to rely on the word of God because the word of God gives us the truth. Now let me begin my subject today with a scripture from the book of John chapter 18 verse 36. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest to the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you are right in saying I'm a king. In fact, for this reason I was born. And for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Okay, what is the reason for Jesus to come into this world? It is to testify to the truth. The truth that is eternal, the truth that is ever everlasting, and the truth that needs to be heard in our time by each and every one of us. Very powerful. And then Jesus says, everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. That's amazing. Okay? 
What Jesus is saying, those people who live in truth, they will be able to listen to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, which are truth. What is truth? Pilate asks. With this, he went out again to the Jews and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. What is truth? This is a question that is being asked by many people. And many people think, you know, it is up to us to define truth and to do with it whatever we want. But truth is absolute. And we have no right to twist on the truth in any way at all. John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus is making a statement here. And he says, I'm the way, I am the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So in other words, there is only one way. I know this is uh, offensive to many people today who love plurality, who love to uh, accept that everybody should get uh, you know, uh, along by his own fashion, by his own beliefs. But this is not my word. This is Jesus saying. If it is too narrow for anyone, so be it. But Jesus says, I am the way. There's no second one. Unless if you want to go somewhere else. But if you want to go to God, our Father, there's only one way. And that is Jesus. And there is only one truth. He is the truth. And he is the life. And no one can be able to come to the Father except through Jesus our Lord. And Psalm 51 verse 6 says, Surely... You desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Giving us an indication that truth is required in every one of our lives. Now when we came into this world, we didn't come with truth. We came being children of fallen people. Every one of us has been born into a sinful world. And... Only when we come to have an encounter with our Savior and believe in this Savior who is truth, can our lives be changed. And Jesus calls this a traumatic experience like a new birth, being born again. So that's what we want to talk about today. That's what I call the truth denominator of the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for this powerful, wonderful day that you have given to us. Lord, we may be going through many struggles in our time, but we know, Lord, that you are above everything, that you hold your hands upon our lives, that you protect us, that we are safe in your mighty hands. And Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for truths that you want us to consider today. And that you want us to check out in our own lives, Lord, that truth is really our denominator as far as our life is concerned. So, Lord Jesus, we pray that you guide us through this word. Lord, enlighten our hearts and our minds in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, truth is consistent. Truth is eternal. You know, God, who is eternal, is also totally consistent in truth. He is true to himself, and he's true to everything he does. He's true in everything he is planning, and he's true in everything he is executing. There is no question whatsoever. The Bible tells, it, that tells us in him there is no shadow of turning. As for instance, you know, during the day you have the morning when the sun is rising in the east and you know, then you have long shadows uh, being thrown because the sun is, is, is relatively low. Then it comes up to noon overhead, and then almost no shadows are there. And then when it begins to set again, the shadows now at this time are thrown to the other direction because there's always a turning, okay? In this world, there is no consistency as far as, you know, the... the, the, the the processes are concerned. That is not only true for a day, that is true for everything else as well. 
Now, in God, there is no such thing. And uh, scripture is very, very clear that in him there is no shadow of turning. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So in other words, he is somebody who is reliable. We can trust 100%. He will not change his mind. Okay? You know, there are certain things which are, which are reliable. Okay? Which you can, you can be sure about. For instance, the speed of life is always the same. Okay? There are other uh, things uh, that we can rely upon because they are always the same. But then, human beings can change any moment. Human beings can say something today and change it tomorrow, or even when they say it, don't even mean it. We all have experienced that, and probably we have all done it ourselves. Sometimes we say something just to keep peace, just to make somebody else smile, just to make somebody else happy, but we don't really mean it. God is not like that. God says what he means, and he means what he says. And he's not changing in any way at all. So it is impossible for God to deny his own nature and he den to deny his value set and uh, the, the, the things that he holds dear to. You know, one thing that God says is that he cannot lie. It's impossible. Okay? In fact, Jesus says, it's your father, the devil, who is a liar. He's the father of all lies, but God cannot lie. You know, some people sometimes say God has changed his word. You know, maybe God has changed his plan because their prophecies didn't come to pass. Then they say, oh no, he, he changed his mind. That would mean that you make God a mere human being. And he's not. But you are yeah, a mere human being who makes such a statement, you are a liar. Are you with me? Okay, I hope not you. <laughs> okay, so we must understand that God is totally predictable, totally consistent. Everything that he said is going to make sure it will happen exactly that way. Everything that consists of the nature of truth is equally to God, eternal. That's very important for all of us to understand. You know, Jesus has come to bring us eternal life. And we cannot have eternity in ourselves because we are by nature inconsistent. You know, we are a fallen world. We are fallen people. We are sinful people. You know, and the Bible says, you know, we are like waves which are tossed back and forth. Uh, we are like children who are never stable. But then that must change when we come to know Jesus Christ our Lord. When we are now getting a new nature, when we are born of the nature of God, because then we get an eternal nature. Then we are going to change. Then we are going to be like him. And like God himself, who is truth and therefore is eternal, God also brings us truth. And therefore, we can also be eternal. So eternity does not have anything to do with how good we are, how eloquent we can speak, how powerful we can, you know, impress other people, you know, how, how much we can uh, impress people with, 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 you know, prophecy or, or, or miracles. That is not the issue. The issue is, is there truth? Anything that is not truth is not consistent, is not eternal, is going to pass. So everything that is inconsistent will vanish. And it will vanish from the inside out. Okay? It means there is a, there's a seed of death already inborn of, of uh, that inconsistency of sin away from God. And we must understand that very, very clearly. Therefore, we can only get eternal life in him who is truth, and that is Christ. Okay? Absent from Christ, there is no truth and there is no eternity. Anything that exists separated from the king of life, from the truth, 
is going to die. So therefore, we all have to make a decision to not be separated from Christ, but to be in Christ. That's why the Bible says Christ in us, the hope of glory. Okay? That is eternity because Christ is in us. We are consisting in him. We have been born by him and for him, and we are going to be forever with him. What a powerful reality. So Jesus, who is the truth, came to testify to the truth. You know, I mean, I, I, I love this powerful word that Jesus told Pilate. You know, Pilate, of course, was tossing around with Jesus, thinking he's just a mere human being, uh, you know, trying to uh, play his game with him as he was interrogating him. And uh, eventually asked him this very powerful question. Are you a king? And uh, Jesus said, yes, I'm a king. But it's not the kingdom that you think about. Of course, Pilate was a, an official of the Roman Empire. And uh, when he was thinking about a kingdom, he was thinking about a Roman kingdom or maybe some other kingdoms around. But uh, he says, I've come from another place. My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom consists in truth. And this is the powerful, the powerful expression that we are seeing here. When, when Jesus said, you are right, I'm a king. And for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. And everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. Now, what a, what a powerful statement, okay? Here we have the truth denominator of the kingdom of God very clearly outlined by Jesus. Okay, Pilate could not understand this. That's why he was saying, oh, what is truth? Because as far as Pilate was concerned, truth could be rearranged uh, as it was required to suit him or suit his uh, agenda or suit the Roman agenda for that matter. And that is very common in our world today, you know. Truth, the way human beings understand it, is not the truth that Christ came to testify about. Now, Jesus said, for this reason, I was born. Okay? Jesus was born as a human being, as Jesus the Christ. But Jesus was before he was born. Okay? The Christ has been eternal. And the Christ is the one who brought all things into being. In fact, the Bible says nothing that was created was created without him. So yes, Jesus was born, but he was born just into this world as a human being like us. And why was he born into this world? Simply because mankind is under a deep cover of sin and can't comprehend the original intent of the creator. Okay? You know, we may be religious, but being religious does not mean you understand what God's intent is. You know, this is the problem today in our world. Even in our country, we are too religious. Especially now, everybody wants to be very, very religious. Everybody wants to play the gallery, you know, how, 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 how much they are praying, how much they are valuing the, the, the body of Christ or the church. But the reality is that much of it is just mere empty talk. So don't get blinded by such things. Okay, I, I may be in trouble to say that, but that's a reality. Because where are the fruits of that talk? Okay, the Bible says you will, you will see or you will recognize a tree by the fruit that it bears. And we don't see the fruit. The talk is worth nothing. So man is... In sin, and is blind to the purposes and to the plans of God. So he does not understand God, and he does not understand God's very reason for our being. Okay, God created us, and the Bible is very, very clear about this. He created us for himself. He created us to become the family of the living God. He didn't create us to play around in this world and and to become rich and famous. That was not the idea. But God created us for himself, and he brought us into this world to get us ready. You know, they give us an opportunity. When we fail, 
to come back right. And that's why the Savior came to restore us back to our God. That's why he didn't create us and take us straight into his presence because if we would have sinned in his presence, we would have instantly been wiped out. So he brought us into a world where we were able to even fail. Okay, so if you fail, that's not the end of it because Christ came. Christ has given you a new opportunity, a new hope, a chance to be united with your creator and with your God. So God sent his son, and when he came, he came to let us know about the denominator of the kingdom of heaven, which is truth. Okay? He came to declare truth. That is this very purpose for which he came. That's the divine reality. It has always been, it will ever be, it will never change. Okay? Yesterday, today, and forever. And we can only be with him if we are walking with the same truth denominator that Christ walked in. Otherwise, we are separated from him. So God called his disciples, and I may underline this, it's disciples, I'm not saying preachers or pastors or, or apostles or whatever, or evangelists, but he called his disciples, that means every one of us, to go and preach this truth to all nations. Okay, so in other words, God wants us to share the good news. Whatever we receive, whatever we understand, whatever we recognize, whatever we learn from the truth, we must share it also with people around us as well. That's very, very cardinal, very important. So his word of truth must be declared to every generation. You can't say because it has been declared through the last uh, 2,000 years, now we can stop it. Because, you know, today new people are being born and they need to still hear the truth. So every generation must hear again the word of truth, the word of God. Because God loves everyone and he does not want anyone to fail to come to him, to recognize the truth. To come to repentance and find eternal life. That's, that is what God says very, very clearly. So he's not delaying his coming, but he's actually gracious, full of mercy, giving people opportunity to find him and have their lives being changed and agree to the truth denominators in their own lives. So once the preacher has shared the word of God, the Bible tells us that then the spirit will come and lead people into all truth. So in other words, God uses the word that we preach and then the spirit is declaring it within the heart and the mind of a person so that people can understand. Amazing, you know. So in other words, we are part of God's plan as the people who have understood and have received the truth because we are very instrumental in the hand of God we must share the truth. Now, what I really want to take time to explain to you is that in Christ, there is no mixture between good and evil. Okay? And I think this is very important to understand because today, you know, we have got, we have got discussions going on where people are saying, no, this one was a good man because he did good things. But because of this and this, you know, let me tell you, this is totally immaterial. Okay? The question is not whether somebody is a good man or a bad man. The question is whether somebody is in Christ. Whether somebody has accepted the truth denominator. That's most important of all. Now let me, let me read a scripture from the book of Matthew, chapter 5 and verse 17. Jesus is speaking here and he says, Do you think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets? I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, 
Not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Now understand the iota is the smallest letter in the Greek alphabet. It's just like an apostrophe in the English. Okay, it's a very small letter. And Jesus says, everything that I have said, everything that I have laid down, everything that is my word will remain my word and no one ever can change it. Okay, if you change it, you change it to your own peril. Okay, so God is not changing anything. He's not coming to abolish anything, but he's, Jesus has come to fulfill everything that has been prophesied from ages past. For truly I say to you, let me underline this, for truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, that is that little, that little letter, not a dot will pass from the law until it is all accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of these least, of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So clearly, Jesus lays out his, his truth very clearly. There is nothing to argue about, nothing to discuss about. He says, it's either or, okay? You're either in it or you're out of it, okay? There's nothing you can twist or, or, or discuss about it because Jesus is absolute in his category of truth. So we, we must understand there is a principle of consistency. Whatever God said, he will do. Okay? Whatever God has planned, it will come to pass. It will never change. You know, sometimes we say God is good and somebody says all the time, and for sure, this is, this is a very true statement. God is good all the time. All the time. No human being is good all the time. Okay, we sometimes try to be good and sometimes we are, we are a problem. Huh? Am I right? But God is good all the time. Man's sin was to turn from the truth. Okay? Now, when we go back into the book of uh, Genesis, we find that there were two, two trees that God put into the Garden of Eden, you know, which was called the paradise of God. And uh, one tree was the tree of life. The tree of life is Christ. And Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So you could also call it the tree of truth. You could also call it the tree of the way. Okay? All of this would be correct because this is what Jesus says. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The, true, the, the tree of life is a representation of Christ. And uh, man was encouraged to feed on that tree, the tree of life. Okay? He was not hindered. He was not limited. He was not said, he, he, he wasn't told that you can only take once in a week or anything like that. No, he was given that tree as his destiny and as a tree to depend on. Of course, he was able to, tree, to eat from every other tree as well, and all of them were good to look at, as the Bible tells us. And then there was only one tree, one tree only, that the Bible tells us, that God told Adam about. This is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And from that tree you must not eat. Okay? The knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What does that mean? You know, the tree of knowledge of good and evil is a tree of mixture. Okay, write this down. Mixture is a very important word. Okay? That tree can bring forth good things and bad things. And our world has a lot of evidence of this mixture, okay, good and evil. Okay, so uh, just look around and, and you will see many, many different uh, evidences about 
that reality. Okay, for instance, let me give you just maybe a crude example, but nevertheless, it's, it's, it's very important to consider that. You know, there were some of the worst criminals in the world who did some very good things. You may be wondering, eh? Is that possible? You see, the tree of knowledge of good and evil can produce terrible atrocities. But it can also produce some good things. Adolf Hitler, you know, the, the perpetrator of uh, the Second World War, and uh, the one who is responsible for having sent millions of uh, Jewish people to the gas chambers. Before he did that, he enacted a law against cruel, cruelty of animals. So he was concerned about animals, but he was not concerned about human beings. Can you imagine that? Now that guy was wicked, down to the core. He was demon-possessed. I think there is no danger of saying that. That's a fact. Okay? He was full of demons, but he produced a law against cruelty of animals. Wow. Another guy by the name of Al Capone. If you have ever watched the uh, crime movies, maybe you have heard of Al Capone. Al Capone was one of the big gangsters in the 30s in Chicago, you know. Uh, you know, he, he caused a lot of harm. He was a, a gangster to the real type, you know. But the same gangster also ran soup kitchens for the poor. Now, how possible is that? So, was he a saint because he ran soup kitchens? Some people called him good because they were eating the soup. You understand? They didn't, they didn't want to see him being the gangster because they were benefiting from the soup. Just like some people called Adolf Hitler good because, you know, their cause of, uh, against cruelty against animals was, was, was furthered by him. But was he good? So we, we need to rethink some of our, our, our value system again. Another guy by the name of Pablo Escobar, he was, you know, the biggest drug lord ever. And uh, during his lifetime, you know, he was eventually killed because, you know, uh, as the Bible says, what you sow is what you reap. He killed in his life probably many people, and eventually he got the same bullet that he blew up in, in other people's heads. When he died, they said he had about 30, I don't know, was it billion dollars of wealth? Today it would be about 60 billion of wealth from, by inflation. And most of that money hasn't been found even up to today. So who knows where it is, but he didn't take it. And wherever he went, even if he would have gone with it, he can't use it because it has no value there. But Pablo Escobar was uh, an ardent supporter of his football club. And he supported his community, uh, those who were poor, because you know, the, the people who were, he was supporting were actually his protection, okay? So he, he had so much money, so it didn't matter. So he, he was helping the poor, and some people said, he's a good man, he's a good man, and they protected him. But meanwhile, he was a criminal of the highest degree. The question is, where is the truth denominator? Is the truth denominator there or not? That's the question. Okay? We could carry, carry on. Another, an exa another example, for instance, is Saddam Hussein. The, the, the president of Iraq. You know, the president of Iraq introduced an illiteracy uh, system so that nobody would be left behind. Everybody would be educated. There would be no illiteracy, illiteracy in, in, in his country. Okay? Good, yeah, good. Isn't it, isn't it a good? But at the same time, he was a dictator of the highest order. So, you see, this is what the tree of knowledge of good and evil is all about. It's mixture. 
its mixture. And, and, and this is exactly what we see even in the kingdom of God. You know, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, watch out for false prophets. Okay, where are false prophets found? In the church, isn't it? False prophets are found in the church. Okay, there may be some secular prophets outside as well, but we're not talking about them. We're talking about the false prophets who are coming in the name of God and God says, I've not sent them. Okay? Very important because, you know, I mean, I've been watching, Facebook, uh, looking at Facebook this week and some other uh, media and, and people are totally confused. Even Christians, even pastors, even leaders of what is the truth and what is a lie. Calling somebody who is false a good man. You can do that, but it will not change his status in the kingdom of God. Okay? So watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Hello? What is happening to a bad tree? Cut down. Okay? You can declare it good, but it will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Okay, some people are very good in saying, Lord, Lord. Okay? Our tongue is very deceiving. Our tongue can say anything that is good for somebody's interests. Isn't it? But whether the heart is behind it, or whether it is just calculated to deceive, that's a different question altogether. Okay? So not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father, okay, who is in heaven. The will of my Father, that is truth. Okay? Consisting of truth. So in other words, God is checking our lives. Are we living in truth? Are we following the will of the Father? Are we praying this prayer, uh, this prayer like Jesus did? Not my will, but your will be done. That is the question. And Jesus says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Okay. And you know, the Bible tells us, if you, somebody is prophesying, check out whether the prophecy will come to pass. If it's not coming to pass, then it's a lie. And the prophet is not sent by God. And we have prophets in this world who are lying consistently and repeatedly. And we still call them prophets. That is beyond me. That is beyond me. I mean, there are some prophets who have been prophesying about very clear facts, saying this will happen by such and such a day. And that time has passed and it has not happened. And it has never happened. Okay, I don't want to go in details. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe not. It doesn't matter. The reality is not about the person. The reality is about truth. You understand? How can people be so blind? I, I, I don't understand. It's beyond me. Some of, the, some of the leaders I've been respecting are coming out with statements I can't. I shudder to think about such statements not understanding what is true and what is a lie. That is dangerous. Am I too tough? <laughs> anyway, this is, this is not my word, by the, by the way. This is Jesus speaking. Huh? And that's why I'm saying, I'm not speaking by my own authority. I'm speaking by the authority of the Lord. 
Okay? And I speak because God put this on my heart for today. Okay? So on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works or miracles in your name? Is Jesus impressed by that? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Okay, there's a very uh, interesting word in the, in the Greek, which is called anomia, okay? Which means they are working things not within, but outside the law, okay? So in other words, God has laid down his word, but people do things outside his word. One translation has been translating it as, uh, as, as, as Jesus saying, what you have done was unauthorized. Okay? Yes, you have been doing things, but I, I didn't give you authority to do that. Okay? If Jesus did not recognize that the demons were cast out, what, who, who did he cast out? Because Jesus says, I, I, I don't know you. So demons were supposed to have been cast out, but, but, but Jesus says, it has not made no difference in my kingdom. Okay? People are saying, we have done miracles, but Jesus says, I don't know you. It has made no difference in my kingdom. So we must understand that everything that Jesus has been saying is really around which our life has to center, the truth, the truth and nothing but the truth. Okay, let me read a scripture from the book of John chapter 3 verse 19. John 3, 19 up to verse 21. Jesus says, and this is judgment, okay? I know judgment is always a tough subject. Nevertheless, judgment is very important. Okay? Judgment actually keeps uh, the criminal out of society so that you are not endangered in uh, what you do. Okay? So judgment is always important. And judgment will be important for God because God is righteous, he is true, and whatever is unrighteous and not in the truth, God will separate it from the truth. Otherwise, you have mixture, okay? You heard what I said earlier on, the tree of knowledge of good and evil is a, is a, 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 a tree of mixture, and mixture cannot be accepted in the kingdom of God. God will always stand on the truth, not on mixture. And that's why... Judgment is important. So John chapter 3 verse 19 says, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Okay, that's a very interesting definition of judgment, isn't it? So, Light is judgment because light brings to, to visibility that which was in the darkness. Isn't it? For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Okay? So in other words, those who are on the side of the truth, they will gravitate to Christ. Those who are on the side of the lie, of evil, they will hate the truth. They will try to, to, to kill the truth or the son of light, the son of God. And we have seen exactly that has happened. 
Let me take you to the book of John, chapter 8. Uh, this is quite a lengthy uh, discussion that Jesus had with uh, people who were uh, trying to follow him, but really not following him completely. John chapter 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. So what Jesus is saying, if you are living in the truth, because what I teach is truth, then you are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, okay? That's very interesting. By, by, by following the truth, by accepting the truth, by accepting the truth denominator, you will know the truth. Okay, so the truth is not something strange, something that we can't be sure about. The truth is clear, clearly defined, clearly established, clearly declared. Okay, and Jesus says, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Praise God. Okay? Miracles don't set you free. Driving out demons may be nice, but it will not set you free. Okay? All kind of other gimmicks that we are seeing in our world, they will not set you free. What will set us free is truth. And that's why we need truth. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to, of anyone. How can you say that we shall, shall be set free? Now these people they were totally blind because even while they were saying that they are actually under the rulership of the Romans, but they are saying we are free. Which means they were totally blind. But of course, leave the Romans aside. They were actually captivated. They were actually prisoners of Satan. And you know, if you look into the history of uh, the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, you will find out that there was always a conquest going on between, between captivity and freedom. It was, it was a, a constant battle, you know, between back and forth. But they are saying, we have never been anybody's slaves. So they are lying. Okay, so please don't argue with people who are lying. They won't go anywhere. Very interesting, isn't it? How can you say that we should be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but the son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Because only the son will give us truth. We have some interesting backdrop today. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's very important what is happening in it so that even the helicopters are overhead. <clears throat> uh, thank God that we are able to have our time to consider the word of God. Now let me jump to verse 42, same chapter, John chapter 8. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and now I'm here. I've not come on my own, but he sent me. Very interesting. You know, Jesus even mentioned if, if, if you know, Abraham, if you were Abraham's children, you would definitely love me because Abraham loved me. He knew my day, and he, he rejoiced in seeing me, and rejoicing in, in, in having a relationship with me. So Jesus said, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God, and now I'm here. I've not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. Are you hearing that? The, the, the characteristic of the devil is that he, that he 
run away from the truth denominator. Okay? He became a liar and he is the originator of all evil in this world. He's the originator of sin. He's a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. Very important. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he's a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any one of you prove me guilty of sin? I'm telling, you the, tr I'm telling the truth. Why don't you believe me? If I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Wow. That is, that is quite something, isn't it? Now, let me, let me say this. The eternal plans of God are founded on the truth. They have been, they are, and they will be forever. God's plan will never be shaken because he and everything he does is established in truth. For this reason, he's not just planning, but he's able to execute his plans. Okay, he's not just having wild dreams of things that never come to pass. You know, he's not just uh, building castles in the air, but whatever God plans, he will do. You know, that's what we are discussing this year. You know, I'm God, my purpose will stand. Whatever I have planned, that I will do. For sure. Because God is established in truth. It's our wavering that hinders us to accomplish our purpose. You know, James chapter 1 from verse 6 to 8 is telling us that a double-minded man is unstable in all his way. Somebody who is like a wave in the sea. Somebody who is beginning and then changing again. You know, somebody who is not consistent. You know, even in, in, in prayer, we, we, we believe and then we doubt. And that will not work. So we must understand that this is very, very important, okay? James 1, 6 to 8, maybe you can put it up here. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. How many times have you asked and you believe for five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes, something happens and then you doubt, okay? Or even for a day or two days and then things are not working the way you want and you begin to doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. <laughs> that man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. Hey, that is serious, huh? So some of the prayer you should reconsider. Some of the prayer you pray is useless. Is that too hard? You know, it's a wasting of breath. If you are just like a wave tossed back and forth. And again, we see the very truth in the book of uh, Ephesians that, you know, some sections of the church are like little children, you know, ever changing, ever tossed back and forth, never coming to maturity in Christ. So, that man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. Verse 8. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. That's a serious word. Pilate and his fellow rulers, past and present, are equally perplexed when they hear the truth. And they will ask the question, what is truth? Because for them, truth is what they manipulate to be truth. There is no absolute. But we must understand when Jesus speaks the truth, it is the absolute truth. He's not changing tomorrow. He's not changing because maybe all of a sudden uh, some, some conditions have changed and then he is adjusting 
what he has said to his conditions. No, no, he is the truth. He's not only saying the truth, he is the truth. Yesterday, today, and forever. So kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall because of the same reason. No kingdom is established in righteousness and truth. That's a problem. Okay. I mean, we have seen mighty, powerful kingdoms like the Soviet Union. It was uh, armed to the teeth. It was a threat to the whole world, together with the other superpower, the United States of America on the other side. You know, there was always this uh, balance of power, okay? Who is going to strike first? Who is going to do what? And everybody was wondering, how is this going to end? And how did it end? All of a sudden, this kingdom crumbled from within. Okay? Because it was not established in truth. And we see the same thing with the other superpower today. It's crumbling from within. Okay? Some people may not like to hear that, but it's a reality. You know, that's why the Bible says kingdom rise and kingdoms fall. They are not eternal because they are not consistent. They are not eternal. They are not established in the truth. And you can see today, I think in no other time in history, as far as I'm a student of history, maybe I'm not seeing everything, but what I can see is that today we have more lies being perpetrated than ever, ever before, as far as I can tell. Today we are using Facebook and Twitter and many of these other social media channels and other news channels to publish fake news. What is fake news? Fake news are lies. And you know, people are repeating the fake news so many times that eventually people will believe that the fake news is true. But it's still a lie. Okay? Like in America, we have seen a certain gentleman who has lost the election claims that the election was stolen from him. And, and you know, 40, 50% of the people of, 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 of the nation, or maybe 30%, believe that it is stolen. They believe the lie. This is the kind of world that we live in. Okay? It's a mixture of good and evil. Sometimes good things happen, sometimes bad things happen. But we must not be on the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we must be on the tree of life, the tree of truth, okay? We must be established in the truth because the truth will set us free. So whoever loves Jesus will live in the truth. Brothers and sisters, this is very important. This is what Jesus says. Whoever loves me will adopt the truth, will adopt my word, will, will, will obey my words. Those who compromise the truth do not love Jesus. I'm sorry to say that, but it's a fact. That's what Jesus says. It's not me. Okay, please read it very clearly. I've given you the scriptures. Those who compromise the truth do not love Jesus and they will not come to the light because they don't want their hidden stuff to be seen, to come to the light. <coughs> and this is not a matter of opinion, but this is a matter of life and death. Okay? Can't say, no, I have a different opinion, you know, uh, this is a plural society, no. You have your, your truth and I have my truth. No, no, my friend, there is no different truth. There is only one truth, and that truth is established in Christ. Elijah was challenging Israel. As they didn't know which side they were hanging to. And he says, how long will you, you waver between two opinions? Either serve God or serve Baal. Okay? But don't be uh, mixed up. Make up your mind. And I think that the same, the same message we must have today. We cannot waver between two opinions. We must be clear where we belong to. Okay? 
We must adopt the truth denominator in our life. You know, the denominator is something that cannot be divided. And truth cannot be divided. In mathematics, you have a denominator, it cannot be divided down. Okay? There is no gray middle ground between the tree of knowledge and the tree of good, in, I mean, the, 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 tree of, uh, the tree of life. Where you say, okay, today I'm here, tomorrow I'm there. It's not possible. You're either on the one or you're on the other. Okay, so mixture, God hates. In fact, you remember Jesus saying, if you were either hot or cold, you know, if you were hot, at least you're on fire for God, fine. Or if you are cold, at least you can repent and properly get converted and saved. But now that you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of a mass. I've no room for you. I've no need for you. Because that's mixture. And mixture, God hates. So, brothers and sisters, let us renew our commitment to the truth. Truth is required in the inward parts. Okay? Not just nodding our heads and saying, ah, I believe this is true. No, that's not a question. Truth must transform our inward being. Okay? Truth must make us different people. You know, people should see in our life that we are ruled by the truth denominator. So let us commit to the truth. And the truth is Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. He is the way, he is the truth, and he's the life. And eventually, when we are in his company, we will be joined together with our Father in heaven sooner than later. Okay? So thank God for the word that God has given us today. Psalms 25 verse 4 says, Show me your ways. O Lord, teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are my God and Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Let, it, let us make this our prayer. That's not a futile prayer, that's a good prayer. Okay? Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. May God bless you. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful that you have established your word with such clarity, with such a authority that we cannot doubt about it. You have spoken about it in so many different places. Your word is teaching about the truth. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you give us clarity of thoughts. Lord, that you help us to differentiate what is lie and what is truth. Lord, let us not fall for people who are masquerading as apostles of God when they are not, as prophets of God when they are not. Let us not fall for the things they show us when in reality the fruit is different. Lord Jesus, I pray that you help each and every one of us to establish our love for your word, our love for the truth. Lord, help us to be consistent in serving you, following you every single day of our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have come for this reason into this world to teach us your truth so that we are not in darkness any longer, Lord, but that we are able to join you, walk into a very secure and exciting future. A future with you, with our Father, and with the family of God worldwide. We thank you, Father. 
Thank you for your word. Bless your word. Even as we are going our ways, Lord, let this word reverberate in our hearts. Let it really be able to find room inside of our mind and be able to dominate our whole life. Let this be the truth denominator that guides us every single day of our life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. May he bless all of us through the word of truth. Amen. Amen.